right. Welcome, welcome. It is the Couch Potato Sports Report. It is me, OG, with Dex. Yay, yay. And uh, Mo will be arriving shortly. I don't know why she fired. <laughs> and uh, and T-Bird has uh, the vid, so he'll be, he's on the uh, injured list this week. Yeah, he's sitting the bench. He's riding the pine, so. Yeah, so we are going to jump right in. We got a packed schedule here. But we had a historic first in our favorite, well, one of our favorite sports, soccer. And while the two of them are not here, we're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> so we had the first ever white card issued. So does educate us on what the white card is and, and how it came to be. Okay. So a while ago, um, I want to say it was over 10 years ago that um, uh, UEFA president, Michael Platini, he had introduced the idea of a white card, which would kind of reward people uh, or indicate good behavior or civility, good sportsmanship, equality, things like that. And so recently in a women's championship game in Portugal between sporting uh, SP or sporting, yeah, sporting and Benfica, they, um, a white card was introduced by referee Katarina Bronco, who um, she had introduced it because a fan had fainted in the stands. And both teams, uh, medical staff came over and helped out and everything. And she stopped the game and she uh, put the white card up and pointed at them. And some people were confused about it. And then I, I guess it got explained. And it's just, it's a show of good sportsmanship. You know, it's it's great for the future. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like the fact that it's, it's, it's you know, promoting and, and just giving that positive reinforcement for, you know, just doing a good deed, you know, and, and in this case, helping out a fan. But everybody's going to, that's your natural reaction. You're going to help when you see someone in crisis or these, the medical staff. I mean, that's their natural inkling. And so it's just because of the whole, you know, uh, Demar Hamlin thing, it just, it's another good way to kind of give kudos to the medical staff for helping out whoever and whenever they're needed. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's not just going to be for the players. Um, it, it can be for the fans. It can be for, uh, you know, of course, the staff, it can be it for anyone. Um, I think the beauty of it, though, is that it's really going to affect future generations. Um, it's going to get people in the mindset of, let me be a better person, especially when I'm on the pitch. Uh, where You know, it's probably going to cut down on some of the hooliganism and things like that. Maybe less fans fighting and stuff. You know, that's what we hope for. I, I would like to actually like to see it in other sports, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I can remember a couple just, you know, you see the videos on Facebook or whatever. And in high school, a, a you know, high school uh, girl, woman, soccer player, she had one of those. Um, oh, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the hijab. Head, yes. yes. Uh-huh. And, and it was starting to come undone. And a group on the opposite team kind of formed a circle around because it's like to protect her. It's like yeah. a cardinal sin if if her hair is seen. Yeah. And so, you know, to kind of put that that barrier around them so she could get all situated yeah. and, and can, like that is a perfect example. They didn't need to do it. And now they would definitely get a white card for that. But you know, it's not you're not doing it for the white card. And and the white card's not really, you know, it's not it's not for anything. It's just because you're a good human being. I think it's it's less for the people that are doing it and more for everyone out around like, hey, we're all recognizing good behavior. Um, you know, look how many times we use sort of destructive behavior patterns to try and change behavior. If somebody does something bad, we put them in jail or, you know, what do we do if somebody does good? You know, there's no incentive to do good. So now you literally have an incentive to you know just kind of do the right thing right so 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 with with the white card introduction we also saw something new which was a a circular red card uh so i read a a couple of interesting things but i want to hear your take on the the circular red card it it was kind of briefly introduced in in the 90s but it never really took so um tell us your thoughts on the circular red card well, with the circular red card, um, so now, you know, with uh, referees, they basically have two cards, a red card and a yellow card. Um, with most refs, they they know where they put each card. So it's pretty rare to see them, you know, pull out one and accidentally, you know, pull out the other. They, um, so if we're going to introduce the white card, it would make sense that they have a third card that has a different, um, you know, 
a different feel to it. Uh, so it's, yeah, it makes sense that they're doing that, that it's circular versus square. Otherwise they're just fumbling around with like three cards. So. Right. And also I heard it, it's, it's not that there's a ton of them, but for colorblind players and fans just to differentiate, you know, and, and know what's what. So I, it makes sense when you think about it now that there's a third card, mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, also kind of the, the side benefit that it helps, you know, however many colorblind players and fans there are. You know, I, now I have a different opinion of the circular card. I, I'd rather openly discriminate against people who are colorblind. <laughs> that, that, is, that is a potential option for sure. Yes, them and Canadians, you know, that's basically, that's my hate groups. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, colorblind and Canadians. Nothing so. wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, soccer, though, there's been so much going on with the trades and things like that. Um, have you Have you watched any or... Very little, yeah. very little. I, it's hard for me to keep up with all the the U.S. sports and what's going on in Europe. It's just not enough bandwidth for that. Well, I was thinking, you know, I don't see anybody stopping us from talking about it. We could literally make this whole episode right now, and I hope he's listening. We could make this whole episode about soccer if we wanted to. What's stopping us? It's true. That door is locked. Mo's <laughs> not here. We There's no parental guidance right now. We could have fun, light this place on fire, whatever. <laughs> It'll get a little wild. You know, <laughs> get a little wild. Talk. Yeah, we could talk foosball, foosball, table tennis. Oh, world chase tag. Yes. Yes. Dude. That is a fast 20 seconds, let me tell you. It, it's an exciting 20 seconds. I mean, let's be honest. You know, this is, I and mean, we're kind of going off script a little bit. Um, normally, uh, whenever we put these things together, we have a lineup of what we're going to talk about. But again, you know, inmates are running the show. So. Yeah, mom and dad aren't here, so Attica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, uh, I think you know, there's a lot, a lot of other sports out there that people could really recognize. Things like that, you know. Of course, we mentioned World Chase Soccer or World Chase Tag, lacrosse, underrated. Let's be honest, lacrosse is underrated. Under, yeah, yeah, and, and a- another one that is gaining popularity popularity rapidly mm-hmm. um you know lacrosse it, the the non-traditional kind of the big four mm-hmm. there's a lot of momentum moving because folks don't don't really you know nba we've talked about some of the challenges there in baseball i've my my uh opposition is well well documented <laughs> and, and then football you know some people think it's too violent some it's just it's not exciting for some so they look for other other sports and here we see several growing in popularity from pickleball to actually darts and the um the axe and knife throwing you know those are all gaining popularity obviously uh what is that um curling no with the um with the sandbag and the oh um uh what do you call it uh the beanbag i know what you're talking about yes Yes. that Uh, one cornhole cornhole yes i mean i mean espn shows cornhole like main event so I, i mean there, there's a lot of room for the next big sport, whatever that is. Can I, can I just ask one question? Why is every sport that you mentioned so far is like a great drinking sport, like pickleball, uh, you know, cornhole, like all of the darts, all those sports. I hold a beer in the other hand when I'm playing them. Yeah, I, I cannot confirm nor deny why I uh, brought those up, but there, <laughs> there could be a correlation there. There, there. I think there is. I think there's definitely some causality as well as correlation. We will get a sense from uh, everybody that's calling or not calling in, but that's going to be chatting in soon. I'm expecting some people to chat in. The uh, the one thing I did want to ask you though is. How many of these sports can do you feel have a chance to compete with the big four? Oh, I don't think many. Um, there are, prof- you know, there's a national lacrosse league, a professional lacrosse league. There's there's professional pickleball leagues, but just based on the current fan base and I just, there's just not enough experience. It's kind of like we, we talked about why the um, hockey kind of struggles to they're like the distant fourth big of the, of the yeah. big four. It's just because you got to pay to watch it, but then they don't have enough exposure because, because they, they can't get normal fans interested in it because it's behind that paywall. Accessibility. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, and I'm going to counter you with this and you, you tell me your feeling on it. I think if there's a sport that can do it, 
it's uh it's going to be between pickleball and um lacrosse and the reason why i say lacrosse is lacrosse has two different field sizes um and the beauty of it is the smaller the field the more action but you know there's always going to be those traditionalists if lacrosse moved its season during baseball all the people who aren't quite done with football but want something a little bit different i think they would migrate over to that because there are some people that just feel like baseball's a little slow for them less creativity yeah there's an interesting time of the year kind of in the july august time where basketball and hockey season is done mm. and it's not quite time for football yet the only sport on is baseball and yeah. like i i may as well not even turn on my tv because i just <laughs> i just can't sit there and watch it's just too boring it just it just doesn't move i can't it's just unless i have sort of a vested interest in the baseball team i can't watch i like i'd rather be at the stadium or right. playing it i actually even have more joy watching little league you know, like uh, the 12 year olds out there playing because mm -hmm. they're a little bit better than the nine and 10 year olds. Yep. But it's the the level of skill is pretty even. So it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. And and so, I, yes, you're you're right there because there's enough kind of action and, and hitting and whatnot in lacrosse that it could kind of catch that fan that, that just wants to see some some hits. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that slight shift in season. Um, I, I think there's some real potential. And now yeah. pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the US. Yeah. And and it is because it's it's low skill level. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't require a lot of running and you're not, you know, you're not running so older yeah. generations can play, younger you know, kids can play. It's mm -hmm. it's fun for all ages as they say. It's also unpretentious. Yeah. It's yeah. incredibly unpretentious. But I got a friend of mine back in Denver, shout out Jeff, who um he hates the pickleballers. I mean, he's, he's a traditional tennis player and they take up the cords. They're kind of dicks about it, but, um, yeah, like I, I can see, like he made a really good argument. I don't want to paraphrase it, but he made a really good argument as to how things are. Um, uh, and they just need their own courts. They need their own space. So, yeah. But then gosh, you gotta, you gotta build tennis courts and then you gotta build pickleball. Like it, there's too much, too much. All right. Well, I think, you know, um, I mean, I'm, I, I I solved it. I solved it. I solved it. I solved it. Here is the sport that can easily take over for that 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 time of year. I think indoor soccer can do it because uh, they you know basically they have futsal in other countries. Mm -hmm. um, it's done on a basketball court, which isn't used the rest of the year, you know not used until uh, that time of the year. Then you have the fact that. Um, all you have to really do at that point is to set up the nets. So your your real estate is already there. You set up the nets, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, and, and it's multi. It's what three or four on four, five on five, maybe. Yeah, it's like five on five, uh, or actually, yeah, it's five on five, and um, the ball is heavier. The yeah, so you can't kick it the whole length. I mean, you can. It's harder, yeah. but the level of control is there, and it's more about control and. It's it's perfect for highlights, which is going to pretty much influence the next generation. Right. Because everything's faster, it's a smaller field. For everybody that can't stand how, you know, the the scoring in soccer, it's not enough scoring for them. Yeah, futsal is it. So so here's an interesting thing. So on that topic, mm -hmm. the I guess I shouldn't say the NFL, but football um is coming back around with the XFL and the NF whatever the the second uh, the second yeah, one is NSFL the and, or something and like yes, that. Yes. Yeah. You know, season two of the NSFL and then XFL is coming back for version 2.0 uh, starting uh February and I think the next one starts in April. So like they're trying to bridge that gap. Uh it, is if that hits, do you expect to see some of the other sports trying to do something similar with, you know, kind of like A minus or B plus players that are not, you know, in the professionals, but some way, somehow just continuing kind of that brand to have it almost year round. Yeah. Uh, let me think about that. Uh, nope. I don't think it'll ever happen. This is the economics of it just doesn't work. Uh, baseball is a perfect example. We almost have too many baseball teams. Yeah. And, and way too many games and way too many games. We definitely have way too many games. But um, if you look at football, 
part of football is is and i hate to use the term the product basically the players the players are so good they are so good at what they do are we going to take all the people who couldn't make it that were probably really good in, in college and then put them in another league that's this this little stepbrother league like what are we doing yeah and it, yeah, you're right. Baseball mm -hmm. season is nine or so months. Like that's too, there's not enough time. Yeah. Basketball has kind of tried that with the G League and the D League. I've never watched the G League I have game, never yeah. either. Uh -huh. But football makes sense because it's a short season and there's enough talent out there that, I mean, there's every college has a, has a football team because it's such a financial generator. Mm. There's enough talent out there that you can field kind of, you know, the little stepbrother teams. And of course the NFL says, oh, it's not a minor league system, but man, if you're a, if you're a shining star, damn no well, no, you're going to get, you know, you want that NFL contract because that yeah. money's there. Uh, what was his name? Uh, they used to play for the St. Louis Rams, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner started yeah. arena league. Yeah. Yeah. Tell that to Kurt Warner then, huh? Yeah. Right. He, yeah. He did his thing. And, and arena league is exciting because it's, it's kind of like the indoor foot uh indoor soccer version of the nfl yeah it's a small field no sidelines i mean yeah. it's it's a you know smaller player smaller number of players and yeah. you just throw the ball all game long yeah it's it's very backyard footballish it is very very backyard footballish i think um i don't know I, I, but here's the thing the economics of it where are they going to play because if they're going to play in NFL stadiums, NFL is going to want a piece of that action. Because right. you know, NFL is only going to is only there like so many months of the year. So, yeah, but with the expected crowd, you could get away with it at a college, you know, college stadium that's going to still be more than enough okay. seating. All right, or maybe even a high school, you know, high school field. Uh, okay, but I see where you're saying. All right, no, here's the other part of the economics. People are, you know, they they buy season tickets for football or something, or they've got season tickets for baseball. Why? I mean, and, and as it is, you know, with the economy, people aren't spending money on things like that. Is that economically viable to put together another place for people to put their money? But it's a major investment because honestly, I feel like billionaires have too much money. How, when did you? What's the last phone you bought? The last phone I bought like, is like, uh, how long ago was that? You know, four years ago. No, okay. yeah, about four or well, five okay. years ago. Maybe yeah. you're not the example, but uh, the average person buys the latest phone or whatever every year, eighteen months or so. Uh, like, if they have money to throw around for a new phone, thousands of dollars. Like, you think they couldn't do hundred bucks, whatever, for a couple of games? Uh yeah, but my phone gives me porn. Why would I go to a game? That's <laughs> yeah. but like i mean we're not going to charge nfl ticket prices and nfl you know the players aren't making that that kind of money mm -hmm. but for for a good evening of entertainment that's fairly inexpensive it's not a bad option yeah but if, if you look at the actual cost okay so you got the cost of the area you got the cost of of the labor for the vendors and the food and security and the parking all those things cost and mm -hmm. even the players at some point have a cost the insurance and all that with the amount of capital that's necessary for that does it make sense that you're going to get that capital back in order to keep the whole thing going that's why i feel like it's failed the last two three times they tried it yeah and i think part of that is the timing of when like for example the xfl was i don't know 2018 2019 or so yeah the timing of that season wasn't wasn't perfect and and they didn't really have enough momentum like now the x the nfl it seems like is kind of supporting this alternative league uh -huh. and so they they've got a little support a little momentum and the tv coverage tv covers where they're going to make their money true um and and all these xfl and and the and what, what was the other one uh usfl or nsfl yes. something like that those are going to be on primetime tv uh -huh. during prime time you know prime time slots yeah and so the advertising is going to be there. I think the financial piece is is already taken care of. Uh, it's just now you got to minimize the, you know, the NFL stadium is going to be a lot more expensive than a college one to, you know, rent and, and have all that upkeep. Yeah, I just, I do find it funny that there's a really good chance that my FedEx driver 
will end up, you know, catching the winning touchdown <laughs> on one yeah. of those games. Yeah, well, we saw Terrell Owens in that, you know, the Twitch streamed league, the player, oh, the, 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 the player, uh, the fan. FFC fans yeah. controlled league yes. or something like that. Yes. Yeah. So, God, hey, your, sad. your FedEx driver could, if he has some game, he, he might be up there too. I don't know. My packages do come late, so I have no idea. <laughs> All anyway, right. let's uh, let's roll into a little breaky break, and then we got a new employee coming in. So I guess we'll get her oriented, get her signed up, and get her a little name tag. So anyway, uh, stay with us. We will be back soon. Hey, this is T-Bird from the Couch Potato Sports Report. I think about Atlanta sports all the time, but I talk about them every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern here on Podbean. Follow the link, join myself, Mo, and the other guy as we'll discuss all Atlanta sports from the Braves to the Hawks and the Falcons. Again, join me, T-Bird, with Mo and the other guy every Friday at 6 p.m. live the episodes will be available on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen. Hey, this is producer Dex with the Couch Potato Sports Report. I have so much fun watching these guys talk about sports like they're sitting around a water cooler. There are a few things that can compare to sharing your peace of mind about something that you care about. Have you ever thought about telling the world what you know? That's where Podbean comes in. Podbean is a podcast platform that combines live streaming, analytics, a website, and more all in one place. You can create, record, distribute, manage, and monetize your pod from a desktop or phone app. Start with the basic free plan and receive a $100 credit for advertising to build your audience. Now go to the show notes, click on the link, and you will receive $100 advertising credit when you start your podcast today. Also, it's a great way to support the show. We're back. It's the Calvin Says Works Report. Guess who's here? Honey, I'm home. Oh, Y'all miss me? Uh, ask the audience if uh, if we missed you because we kind of went off on a tangent there. See? I blame myself. When, daddy, when daddy's not at home. Mm, mm, mm. actually said that very <laughs> well. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure it was a good topic. Wait, let me guess. Hmm, Y'all probably talked about soccer. You know it. Surprise, surprise. So good. We got that out of the way. We won't have to go back to it. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. You did. Well, you know. Let's talk a little bit of Pro Bowl. It's this weekend. Um, new format. Flag football. Um, the thing I'm most excited about is seeing Peyton and Eli coach. That's, that's yes. That should be. They, I love them. Have you ever watched their the, their? That is the some of the best TV on. <laughs> I I have a hard time watching the regular, you know, the right. regular commentary because right. they spoil me. They ha- they do. They do. Um, but will it, will it make for compelling TV? I mean. That, that's the big question. I mean, it, I feel like the, the NFL Pro Bowl has, or at least had the same challenges that some of the other leagues had. And mm-hmm. it, no one really plays 100%. Right. No one, it's all offense. And, you know, there's no, and it's just not exciting to watch. And the, the clincher is it's not really for anything. Right. Whereas in baseball, at least it's for home field advantage. Th- there's not really any reason in some of these others, in, in these other, um, in these other sports. Well, well, now my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know usually for the NBA, if you participate in the all-star game, there's a stipend, right? Well, yeah, you get paid, but like, that's, the players, you know, yeah. they, they're going to the fans. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They get, <laughs> they get paid. Yes. But like, so that's not enough of an incentive. Apparently not. Cause yeah. not everybody shows up and nobody really wants to play. And so because of all those factors, NFL, I think in, wisely decided they're going to kind of scrap that format and try something new. Yeah. And, and they've got the kind of the, you know, the, the Manning brothers on, on opposite sides of the field and they've got, um, two kind of defensive legends to be the D coordinators, and then they've got two uh, ladies to be the OCs. 
Smart. But, but just having the the Manning brothers out there with the personalities that they have, yeah. I think is is going to be fun and exciting. You know, flag football, we'll see. I, yeah. I'm optimistic, but it's flag football. It's not tackle. So hopefully yeah. we'll see some effort. And it's seven versus seven. So there's no no linemen of any kind. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sounding like the producers of uh, MTV's Rock and Jock finally found a job. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's kind of what it's sounding like. It's But, you know, yeah. I, I don't mind, mind it in terms of it being something that fans want to see. And I think. I think baseball has really capitalized on this, you know, well, maybe not in the last few years, but usually the home run derby, the skills challenge, that's what people wanted to see. So maybe that's something that the, the NBA can kind of piggyback off on. Maybe, maybe they can have a game of horse or 21 or, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so interestingly, it's not just the, the flag football game. So they have a multi event. It's kind of like the weekend mm -hmm. in several different areas um both football related and non and, and kind of it's a culmination of events so they've got a a dodgeball tournament yes a longest drive kind of golf uh they've got kind of a tug of war-esque you know for the for the line for the mm. o-line d-line and then they've got uh best catch precision passing and then kick tactoe for the kickers and punters i like i like i like it. it it makes sense and it's something that i think is important because it's very rare that you get to really see the personalities of the players so i, I like that concept let's it's not necessarily about football it's about the players having fun and of course giving the fans something entertaining to watch so i i love that I, i'm down for the dodgeball as long as there's like you know you know, shots at the head and crotch, right, you know? Right. And, and it's cool because it's, it's five, it's four teams of five. So there's five off, uh, NFC offensive, five defensive, uh, five AFC offensive and D and they're all going to play each other. And so it's kind of like, you know, everybody will play everybody. And then the, you know, the final two will go okay. on and play one more time. So like multiple teams going at Right. It. But, but still having the AFC versus NFC, okay. you know, just in a, in a different way. I like, I like. So, I'm I'm glad to see that it's it's kind of a weekend of activities, mm -hmm. and yes, the NBA has kind of that All Star Weekend kind of thing, and it's culminated by the game. But the game is is the thing, and also the slam dunk contest we yeah. talked about last week. Um, hockey has adopted kind of this skills competition as hockey well. Hockey has an All Star Weekend. They do. Oh yeah, you didn't know. I yeah. Did. Okay. I was yeah. <laughs> and they, they, I think they were the the initial ones to have the skills competition mm -hmm. around, and so I I like the fact that some of these other sports are adopting because it's exciting and it makes you want to watch. And yeah, so I think basketball should and will kind of turn to more of this format just because hey, we can watch basketball games whenever. Um, we just want to see something different from the All-Stars. Yeah, and I think um, one of the things that, that I also think we'll see more of, y'all mentioned fan control, the fan control league. I think that's going to play an important factor, especially with the role that social media um, plays and fans, you know, having, an, having a say and voicing their opinions. So I can just see one, if not all of our professional sports leagues during an during a, a All-Star event or weekend having the fans control some aspect of it. So um, either way, it's not like we'll lose any sleep if we miss it. But, you know, it's interesting enough to at least try to look at a little bit to see what it would be Absolutely. like. Absolutely. All right. Y'all stick with us. We'll be back. Talk a little bit about LeBron's run at a magic historic milestone. Stick with us. Why would you hold on to a stale old auto policy when you have a fresh new car? New ride, new you, new plan, right? The LeVette Group will assess the new you for a tailored policy that meets all your requirements. So why not update your auto needs with a personalized plan from the LeVette Group? Call me, Todd Dean, to find the best package that fits you. I can be reached at 678-777-7718. Again, 
I'm Todd Dean of the LeVette Group, and you can reach me at 678-777-7718. Hey, this is producer Dex with the Couch Potato Sports Report. I have so much fun watching these guys talk about sports like they're sitting around a water cooler. There are a few things that can compare to sharing your peace of mind about something that you care about. Have you ever thought about telling the world what you know? That's where Podbean comes in. Podbean is a podcast platform that combines live streaming, analytics, a website, and more all in one place. You can create, record, distribute, manage, and monetize your pod from a desktop or phone app. Start with the basic free plan and receive a $100 credit for advertising to build your audience. Now go to the show notes, click on the link, and you will receive $100 advertising credit when you start your podcast today. Also, it's a great way to support the show. We are back here on the Couch Potatoes Sports Report. It's Mo Better here with OG and Dex. And Daddy is here with us in spirit. Get well soon, T-Bird. So um, LeBron is on a tear. He is very close. I want to say less than 70 points away from surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points um, all time. Are you paying attention? Does it feel like you're a part of history to know that you could very well see a record that we thought would never be broken um, be passed in our lifetime? Is this must-see TV? I wouldn't say it's must-see TV, but it is it, it is kind of exciting to to see history be made. And, and I mean, look, Kareem set the bar very he did. high. He did. And LeBron, I think, may be... I mean, he's he's in his last season or two, and maybe he did one more just to try and get the record. But I think the other milestone that he he that no one's really paying attention to is he just moved into fourth place on the all time assist list, Mm -hmm. which I think is more of a that's a team play. You know, anybody can score selfish players score. But but the assist, I mean, that's a that's that's a he got 10,000, right? Yes. I think he also has 10,000 rebounds, too. Correct. Yeah, so not bad, sir. But here's, look, can I be a hater for a little bit? Just I, I knew this was coming. I smelled the hater in the air. Well, again, LeBron James is a once-in-a-lifetime player, no doubt. His impact on the game has been far-reaching, far off the courts, um, and I don't want to take that away from him. But you're about to. But let's be honest. Oh, my God, I do it. So... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for UCLA, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't come straight out of high school, right? So, so, so he had less years. So, again, it takes you 20 full years straight out of high school to break this record. So, again, you've had more more years to do it. And, again, no disrespect to Kareem and to, to LeBron, but there's just that little, you know. Again, I'll be excited. I'm watching. I'm, I'm counting down because, again, I want to be watching that game because I want to be able to tell – Somebody when I'm 80 I that I smell, saw it. I could smell that before. But that's you a fair point. It. That's you know, a fair point. I knew they're gonna be haters hating on him about this, but I thought the reason they were gonna do it is because he's in an era where everybody's scoring yeah. 60 points a game. I thought that's no. was gonna be the argument. No. You use BS. Yeah. No, it's not BS. It's, it's true. The Bruins, the Bruins. No, I'm just saying Kareem Abdul came out of college. Okay. LeBron came out of high school. So it's kind of like yeah, you need to, you should. Allow me to retort. The uh, He also played in the era where big men almost always got the ball. Okay. Oh, here we go. Come on, dude. Here we go. Come on. Come was, on. Was Kareem not a pretty big guy himself? Kareem is a very good big guy. But I'm saying, like, he's, because he's a big guy, it's easy just to, like, drop him in, drop the ball into him, and he just skyhook it in. Look, I'm, I'm not saying he didn't put in work. All I'm saying is if you compare the two errors – you know, it's it's different. It's very very different. If we look at his like, like, if you look at the the assist record, you know, John Stockton, top of the list. Yeah. I hope, fingers crossed, that that never gets broken. But it has number of games played. Yeah. So if we did the same thing to compare the kind of career averages, Kareem outshines LeBron still. 
does it dwindle with the, the that LeBron's number one on the list? Probably not, but yeah. we know in our heart of hearts right. who the who the man still right. really is. I mean, records are made to be broken. I get that. And I think in the era that we live in, there's a lot of um, public opinion about players, about their value. And yeah, I, I very vaguely remember Kareem Abdul playing when I first got interested in watching ball. And he looked slow. He looked old. And it was like, this guy is the, that good? So I don't really think I got the appreciation of the talent that he was. Meanwhile, you know, certainly remember very well the golden era that was Michael Jordan and certainly saw Kobe and LeBron. And at the end of the day, because you can mention these folks by one name, it shows the value that mm -hmm. they have in terms of what they've done on the court. This is very, very true. This is. Are this you agreeing is, with me? What? Not completely. Okay. Well, slow down there, killer. Okay. I, what I'm doing is, <laughs> is I'm I'm seeing your aura and I'm watching you conjure the spirit of T Bird right now <laughs> with your old head talking points. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Well, I, I have to do that in his absence. I have to represent for him. I uh, do. Apparently, just full on curmudgeon, dude. There's no teenagers on your lawn. Okay, calm down. Well, you know they better not be. Well, I pay good money for that lawn maintenance. <laughs> I guess the thing to also maybe mention is the Lakers are not a good team. They aren't. And I mean, they, with all the talent and all the names on the like they have got to be. But but that is the definition of all individual players. They're yeah. not a team. Right. They're they're five individual players on the court. I never got that sense from you know, in the, in the cream era that he was ever on a team like that. Right. It was very team focused. Yeah. And so I, I just, that's another feather in cream's cap. Yeah. Uh, team focus. And you mentioned the Lakers not being a good team. Um, we've got the NBA trade trade deadline coming up. So there's opportunities um, to make teams better or make some moves. Um, there's one player who kind of has, inserted himself to the top of the headlines for a trade. And, and that's, of course, T-Bird's favorite, Kyrie Irving, uh, demanded a trade today by the trade deadline of February 9th from the, from the Nets. And there's talk, there's speculation that he very well could be going to the Lakers. The half-court um, Kanye West? Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, we'll, we'll talk about yeah, yeah. mental health later. I just, why? Like, I... I Imagine what what the players next to him in the locker room are mm -hmm. thinking, and the Nets are a good team. Good team. They're they're eleven games above five hundred right mm -hmm. now. They're playing. KD's getting ready to come back. Like all the pieces are falling in place. What are you thinking? That's just it. He's not, and we we have to have a very real conversation. We may talk about this later at most time out of just you know really seeing to the care of these professional players from a mental health standpoint. standpoint. <laughs> You're coming Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I knew you were going. I'm there. just saying, but if if he wants to trade, okay, I get it. Fine. We we've kind of known that Kyrie's just you know he marches to the beat of his own dumb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know quote I mean? me on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quoting Dex on that. So, but the, trust as as much as he is a hot potato, OG, somebody's gonna snatch him up. But here's the thing: it's kind of really forcing the Nets' hand because if they don't trade him. They get nothing from him when he goes to free agency. So it's literally like, and and the team that gets him, there's no guarantee that in a, just, just because he's traded to that team, he'll stay after free agency. So it's it's literally a gamble for for everybody involved. And, and here's the other thing: so he's won one one title. Yes, but that wasn't his team. That was he was a he part of game LeBron's shot, team. They would have never been there had it not been for LeBron. Who and remember, Kyrie was hurt most a, a lot of that season, yeah. so they would have never gotten there without LeBron. He was on LeBron's team. I part of me understands he wants to win on his team, and right now, probably he's on KD's team. But KD's won multiple titles. LeBron's won multiple titles. He's won one as a part of some. He's not going to win by himself, but he wants to be the guy, but he's not going to, you're not going to win when you're, when you're self, just yeah. selfish. So he's got a, a Robin complex to Batman basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can see that as, as far as, I don't know, do you think, and I kind of wanted to mention, we're talking about the all-stars, you know, 
um, your boy, uh, Trey Young. Some say he was snubbed because, no, he hasn't done anything to really warrant being an all-star. So, again, do we hope? Because we had high expectations for the Hawks this year with Murray joining the team. And they're not bad. They're five a 500 team across the board. So it's not like they're struggling, but we need more. Does it take another piece that they can get during this trade deadline to make it more than what it is? I mean, can we trade Can we trade our coach here? I mean, can we, can, can we trade somebody? I get a coach. What, what are we going to get for him? Nothing but middle fingers? Like, right. I mean, I, I, it's happened before. <laughs> but I think we're we're kind of one piece away from having a really good team, even with Nate being the coach. I mean, maybe it's one good big man. Maybe could we got two good guards? I, I don't know what that piece is, but I feel like we're we're on the cusp of really having something special with with Murray. Well, and, I mean, ring and Kyrie, three headed monster, oh. right there. Hey, you watch your tongue. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. I agree with the big man. I don't I'm I'm disappointed that we've not been able to really get what we've needed consistently from John Collins. Um he should be that third 2010 kind of guy, but I know he's had some injuries, but we've had we've we've tried now for a few years, a couple of years to see what he can get us, and apparently he's not going to be the one to get us over the hump. And I do hope to hope that the 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 Hawks at least consider um making some not necessarily drastic, but necessary trades to get us over the hump. Is there another trade out there or potential trade out there, you know, rumors that you think would be, you know, new, uh, big as far as the league goes or newsworthy or, or important that would shake up one of the teams? I, I don't right now. And it's based off of the all-star selections and we're seeing a, 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 a trend in really these young players um, taking on the mantle of for the next generation. You see LeBron is an anomaly, 38 years old. He's playing fantastic. I've heard he wants to try to play as long enough for his son to join the league so they can play together. I don't doubt that that would be possible. He's still playing at a high level considering his age. But look at Chris Paul. Um, he's, what, 105? <laughs> um, and every year we think, okay, this is going to be year for Chris Paul, and he gets hurt. Uh, a couple of other players who, you know, have some age on Kyrie, you know, really, dude, I don't, you're not going to lead a team at age 32 um, and be, and be that guy. You just, we've seen you try to be that guy at Cleveland. It's just not in you. So I think a lot of it's all in his head, but I, I don't really, I mean, who, who? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think uh, if the NBA had a senior league, Kyrie would be the, uh, the elder statesman at 32. God. I know. God, that's so young. I know, right? But old in basketball years. You know, till the ends of the earth. Till the ends of the flat earth he will go. Yeah. Yeah, I said it. So I tell you, you just don't really care for Kyrie. Maybe he should just retire. How about that? He is not go on Go retire Christmas and go list. back to school. Yes. Get that GED. In uh, geography. Yeah. All right. Y'all stick with us. We'll be back here on the Captain Sports Support. Talk to me, NFL. Stick with us. When shopping for homeowners insurance, understand that any broker can bundle to save you money. The LeVette Group takes insurance further with personalized agent attention. We are always available to advocate for you and your family when processing claims and adjusting for your insurance requirements. Call me, Todd Dean, to find the best package that fits you. I can be reached at 678-777-7718. Again, I'm Todd Dean of the LeVette Group, and you can reach me at 678-777-7718. Hey, it's OG from the Couch Potato Sports Report. You know, the smart one. Listen live every Friday at 6 p.m. on Podbean as I drop some knowledge on T-Bird to tell him like it is. And then he tries to tell me why I'm wrong about Notre Dame being hypocrites, the Braves repeating, or soccer being better than basketball. 
chat with us live on Fridays or catch it later on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are back here on the Couch Potatoes Works Report. We are live at Mission Run Studios every Friday at 6 o'clock. You can catch us on Podbean. You can like us on Facebook. You can listen on Spotify or any streaming service. And you can follow us um, at The Couch Spot on Twitter. Yes. And if you guys want, I can give you Mo's home address and you can follow her there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, security clearance will be required. My my neighborhood is under twenty four hour surveillance. She got a Chihuahua named Chi Chi. You you are really yes, I know. Cujo more like it. So there is. You guys want to go to the circus and ride the carousel because apparently the NFL is 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 paying. Um, we've got a coaching carousel going on right now. Sean Payton. You know, strong history with the Saints. Now he's with the Broncos. I'm kind of excited about that because I really want to like the Broncos. I really want to see them do better than this year. And hopefully a, a coaching change was needed. Because how can you not win with, you know, America's favorite social media yeah, quarterback? With Russ, man. I, and I like <laughs> Russ. And Russ has potential. He does. And I, I had my – I thought Russ was going to succeed. But that could have been a coaching issue. It had to be. And because he was never, never, never showed any signs of, of performance like this. And then he's in this. So Denver went all in on, on Russ mm -hmm. and because Sean Payton, he did retire, but technically had more, uh, another year or two on his contract in, with New Orleans, New or uh, Denver had to essentially trade for his rights. Mm -hmm. Um, to be their coach. So so New Orleans gets something for nothing, yeah. you know, out of the blue. And Denver gets the guy that they wanted to get. Yeah. And we all kind of had a sneaking suspicion. Sean just wanted to take a year off, right. you know, to get some sleep, get some rest. And and then he'd get back into it. But he wanted to kind of pick how it was. And and let's let's think back of what he did to really capital. He made Drew Brees a perennial pull pro bowler right whereas drew Brees with the chargers you know banged up arm he wasn't he was good but not mm -hmm. great sean payton made him great yeah and and we the car i mean he's already got a great quarterback let's just maximize all this talent that they have on the denver roster and they've got a good defense anyway so i i really think den uh denver could be a, a kind of one of those dark horse they teams. can be scary but here's the thing you know the broncos ownership and leadership they have faith in Peyton's ability to make this team better from the quarterback down and he'll be given some some grace in that uh the Texans on the other hand yeah great they've Speaking had their <laughs> they've had their third hire in three years um seem to be very impatient in terms of the dividends that they want to see in these coaches Lovey is out after a year before him I, I can't remember who it was before him but he was out after a year and so they bring home one of their native sons, um, defensive coordinator from uh, San Francisco Giants, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. Look at that. Um, I don't – will he be – and don't get me wrong. He looked good um, at, at, at the – Football. He did good. Um, football. DeMarco Ryan. He, he looked good as the coordinator for, for the 49ers. He certainly looked competent. Certainly his football knowledge um, led that to be a, a stout defense. But – that's a strong leap from defensive coordinator to head coach where from the top down, you have to build a staff, you have to build a winning mentality and you have to take this Texan team that really has been a laughing stock for the last few years and make them relevant. And you're probably going to be given a year or two at most to do that. Yes. And so, so D'Amico Ryan's played for the Texans for I think six years. So he's, he's already kind of got a, a, a historic love for the team mm -hmm. and Man, of all the opportunities, we knew he'd get interviews because man, he's he's rock solid. Yeah. Um, but he, the interesting thing, he signed a five-year deal, could have been six years, but I think he did that for protection because looking at the recent history, 
Texans have been one and done. Yeah. And are the Texans expectations of, you know, turning this, you know, putting lipstick on a pig? I, I think, I think they're a little <laughs> too high because the Texans don't really have a whole lot. They're, they're bottom third in defense, bottom third in offense. They don't maybe really have a quarterback, you know, a franchise quarterback. They've got a lot of holes to fill similar to the Falcons. Yeah. But you've got, you can't turn a team around in, in a year or less. Yeah. Even look at, uh, at Roger Sala, who was the 49ers quarter, uh, 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 D coordinator before D'Amico. He's at the jet. It's taken a couple of years, but now the jets are, are a good team. They've got a good defense. I mean, they still have a question of quarter, but they're a good team and it takes time. You yeah. can't just, you can't just expect overnight results. And, in a league that is driven by what have you done for me lately, you you just you're gonna be in this perpetual cycle of just hiring and firing coaches, and nobody's gonna want to be the head coach because you know you've got a shelf life. Right, right, and it just really doesn't. There's not an opportunity, really. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of these open positions from head coach to DCs and offensive coordinators, and even even the even the Falcons made a move to hire a new DC. So it's it's certainly important for teams to always be willing to change things up. Um, but I think that it's it's kind of like with with on the college level, you know, coaches are willing to, I think, I think um Saban just picked a new um was it a DC or OC? OC. Um and Tough, a nice young talent, and there's the expectation that Saban is going to groom him like he did all his other assistant coaches. So there doesn't seem to be a system on the professional level where coaches kind of have a a mentor program, so to speak, where they where they have a brand and they bring in young players and coach and coach the coach up the coaches so that they are prepared and ready to be head head, head coaches. And I don't think. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm excited for Demarco. There's no way he could he can slay a dragon that big with zero experience head coaching experience. Right, right. I mean, you know, his defense is going to be improved, mm -hmm. but but still, you've got to get some talent top to bottom. Right. And and speaking of Saban, I just I saw this article today. I wanted to mention it. Two players wanted nil um, nil money. To go there, yeah. And Saban said, "Screw you, go play right. somewhere else." Half a million dollars, I yeah, think, because they wanted to, somebody's girlfriend to go to Las Vegas. Yeah. Get out of here! Yeah. I'm so glad Saban stood up for kind of doing it for the right reasons. Well, he, he, here's the thing: don't get look. I respect Coach Saban, but what this is really all about, OG, is trust. There were some perks that Saban offered before or in the early days of these NILs. Um, but the NIL, the, the transfer portal has, to me, hurt Alabama the most um, because as far as their recruiting, as far as their ability to, to bring players in, they really didn't have to try. They had, they had the pedigree. And now coaches are getting kids to buy in and players are realizing they have more control in their destination now and, and how and when they get to play. So it kind of takes that power away from from a from a stalwart like like Alabama. So he's just to me a crybaby at this point. I just I like the fact that he stood up for you know what's right, and yeah, he may be a crybaby, but I I think that if more coaches got on board with this, it'd get back to the more traditional rooting um, recruiting style. Because right now Saban, the only thing he says is, "Hey, do you want to play for a national championship every single year?" And yeah, you can go get paid, you know, half a million dollars somewhere else, but you're not going to play for national championship. I get that. But again, he loses the advantage. And I think that's good for the sports as a whole, um, because now, yes, great players, five star quarterbacks are now considering somewhere other than Alabama. They're considering this, the D1 schools that really aren't. They're considering HBCU. So I think it's just been good for the players in general to take the power away from the coaches. Because again, we know Alabama is deep. We, Alabama could win or at least play for a national champion with their third string, whatever. Um, a lot of other schools don't have that option. So you have these great players who are riding the bench, you know, hoping that they've got an opportunity. But if you are three, if you are three deep at a position, and and they're all at least three stars and better, no, come on now, that's that's 
that I can't imagine as a player that that would be satisfactory in terms of your college experience. What you got, Dex? You know, honestly, I feel like, um, you know, Nick Saban was playing rocks, paper, scissors, and now all of a sudden the game is 40 chess and he's mad because the rules have changed and he hasn't adapted to it. Yeah. Yeah. And and speaking of adapting and there being a change, um, Tom Brady retires. It's the end of an era. He's the goat. Um, It's a sad day for football fans because again, we'll never see him suit up. Hopefully no offense um, as a player again, but he's got plenty of opportunities waiting in the wings. But again, it signals his retirement to me signals again, a transition um, of that quarterback position. And we're seeing that um, in the two players who are going to be meet up in the the Super Bowl. So his style, again, won the most, um, won the most Super Bowls of any quarterback in history. I get it. He's that in the pocket, traditional quarterback, but that's a a relic. He was the last of the old guard. Mm -hmm. Think about it. We've got, we had Drew Brees, uh, Peyton, Tom Brady, even Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers. Those are you know, that that's the end of the era. And now think about the top, the final eight teams in the NFL all had quarterbacks age 27 or younger. Mm-hmm. Talk about a new era of quarterbacks. Yeah. It's, it's a changing of the guard. I mean, it's a sad day for, he, for what he's done for football. And I don't care if you like him or not, you got to respect the body of work. Absolutely. I, I, I'm just myth. I'm just, I'm so confused. He risked he retired after six months of playing and he risked his relationship with his wife. Like, are they going to get back together now? I mean, not that she's like dating the masseuse or something. Oh, see, man, I've been writing her poems and everything. Sorry. I I learned Portuguese just for her. Well, sorry. Bad investment. (laughs) But here, but here's the thing. So, and, and we talked about this when he decided to come back and that's this was a year long, you know, therapy pouting session for Tom Brady. He, he should have stayed retired. Um, but I think that mentally it, it, it did something to him in terms of what do I do next? And so he was like, well, I've got more football. No, you, you, you actually had an opportunity to get a good spot on the couch of a therapist and work through retiring, but you chose to do that. Um, to uh, on the field, and it showed. I mean, he just did not crisis. have a good year. Yeah. It was like when Michael Jordan returned after his second retirement and was playing for the Bobcats. It was, yeah. it was tough to watch. Yeah, it's it a little awkward, you know. It and and like Tampa, he didn't have the best team. They couldn't run the ball all year, so he had to. And it just it was not. That's not the way you want to go out. Right. Right. Yeah. He. Um. He. It's. It's so hard, dude. Because it's. I was thinking it's kind of like he gave it up, you know, not so much that he gave it up, but he already had this huge contract coming from Fox news right. for what was it like $350 million. Mm-hmm. So if it was a money thing, it's, I, guess, I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure it wasn't at this point, but no. you know, he's got that waiting for him. So if he wanted to, he could have just, he could have tried coaching or consulting or something like that if he still wanted to, but I guess he just had to get that last bit out of the system. So well, it, it cost him dearly. It cost him dearly. It did. It cost him dearly. Um, y'all want to jump into Super Bowl or y'all want to take a break and come back with no, that? Just who you got in the Super Bowl? What, what are you thinking? I am, um, rooting for either way. Um, I like Philadelphia. They've, they've played well all year. They've had some haters talk about their schedule being kind of light, but, um, they've been number one the entire year. So they deserve to be here. Um, who doesn't like Patrick Mahomes? He could do any commercial and sell anything because <laughs> he just has that personality. Right. And I wouldn't mind them winning. So I do expect it to be a good game. I'll be disappointed if it's a blowout either way. Because yep. we deserve we deserve that. After after the game with um the Chiefs and the, the um Cincinnati. Um yes. heartbreaker. I mean, I, I really was rooting for Joe Burrow, but um, but either way, this is this is a good matchup. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'm looking forward to the game. Could care less about the halftime or, or the, right. or the, or the, um, commercials. I mean, but back in the day, OG, that was like, you know, you, we, we rank, we w- waited to watch the commercials to Rango, but now you can see them all before the game. So what's right. the point? Yeah. Like I, I have memories of all oh, the Budweiser commercial yeah. hit me right in the feels, you yeah. know, <laughs> the what's up and then the Budweiser yeah. frogs and yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's going to be. 
high powered offenses, but it's also strength on strength. So um, look a little deeper. Philly has a top 10 rushing, you know, rushing offense mm -hmm. and KC has a top 10 rushing defense. Ooh. So, so that'll be, um, you know, two, it'll be a battle of, of who's, who controls the, the, the line. And then how is Philly going to shut down Kelsey? Even if Mahomes is not very mobile or, right. or if he is, regardless, Kelsey's getting the ball. Right. How are you going to stop him? Yeah. I think, I think whoever wins those battles is, is going to be the winner. I also like it for the, for the storylines. I mean, we've got history with two African-American quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. We've got the two brothers um, yes. playing in the, in the Super Bowl. It's just, it's just a great story all around from both teams. I mean, what's not to root for, you know? I, I saw something I thought was a great idea. Instead of having some, some whoever doing the coin flip, Let's get Mama Kelsey out right. there. Let's right. get Mama with her two-way jersey yes. on. To, yeah. yeah, like who? And she's got a personality. Yeah. I mean, those boys have. Yeah. So you know, Mama does. Can too. you imagine? I mean, see, I think one time she actually saw both of them play in the same day. So that's certainly some dedication. And I don't know what do you what do you do for the son that's gonna lose? You know, because right. one of them's got to lose. <laughs> right. At least they both won one already. Yeah. So that makes it a little easier. I'm but sure. Oh my gosh! Yeah, can we can we just admit the real winner of this whole thing is her? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. 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 And she's gonna be smiling no matter what yeah. happens. You, you know, have two so. sons who made it to the NFL. Yeah. And, and and are good great players. So it's not like they're just one's there because the other one's there. They and great people too. Like I mean, they are good human beings. Yeah. Yeah. This these are food. We don't have a villain. There's no villain that we can root against in the in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. No. Roger Goodell. <laughs> well, he's. <laughs> <laughs> like Gargamel, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, we guy. could. We Nobody could. likes lawyers. Uh, but more importantly, let's segue no, into... No, don't even say it. What? You're going to talk about Rihanna and the Super Bowl halftime show, weren't you? No. Okay. She's at, the, she's at the Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah. That's why she won't return my calls. <laughs> Listen, um, I I was kind of... I'm wanting... Because you guys had mentioned the commercials. How much money do you think this... The Super Bowl is gonna make, man. Like, what spots are at least a million dollars for a thirty-second spot? They're, uh, they're probably more now with inflation. Yeah, but I mean, there's all the ancillary stuff. You know what I mean? You got hotels, you got food in the area, Airbnb. Was Arizona? Yeah, but, so, but NFL doesn't get a cut of some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah but the city just, of Arizona. I mean, you know, I'm thinking the economics of it. I mean, think about how much ice is gonna be sold because Arizona's so hot. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I Arizona's don't think time. now back in the well, here's the here's the problem. And it's not necessarily a Super Bowl problem because it'll it'll continue to be one of the top draws mm. um, for as long as football remains relatively relevant. But as far as the options that folks have have now in their viewing, um, they can they can do more with their time than sit around and watch and watch uh, a game between a football game. Mm. Um, again, I think the the, the worst thing that advertisers could have done was offer up the um super bowl ads before the super bowl because there really is no reason now for people to tune in to see what they've already what they what you've already shown and that was part of the draw for those who weren't hardcore fans it was the super bowl halftime show and and the commercials yeah. so i mean you'll probably get a, a nice mix for rihanna because who doesn't love riri but how are you going to get new eyes? I love Riri yeah. the most. So just some quick numbers here. So the kind of the record for just advertising revenue at the Super Bowl, staggering, four, let's just call it $500 million, where an average 30-second ad cost $6.5 million. Wow. Wow. I mean, what 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 is the what is the return on investment in that? Especially when there's not as many people watching as right. 10 years the real thing is if people are going to be on their phone and then watching football in between, mm -hmm. but the, the phone is the, the right. moneymaker. If you can figure out the, the super sauce or the secret sauce on how to get all that, that's your ROI. Yeah. Right there. I'm not, I just, I think the whole model of advertising and marketing does now just, I think it's, it's no longer relevant. I mean, Coke. All right. You know, they had the polar bears and they have the nice sweet commercials that we loved during the super bowl. But you're, is that so that you can remain the number one, you know, soda brand? Because you're, it's not really going to translate into adding, you know, five hundred million ad additional customers. What? What? Just you are literally allow me to retort. What? 
here's the thing about technology and marketing. There is a subsonic signal being sent during these things, and it gets registered with your phone or Amazon device. So it knows, it, it basically counts what you're listening to. You ever, what? yeah, yeah. You ever like, uh, like mention something to a friend That's really and your true. phone isn't on. That's really true. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. microphones. That's really look, I, turn that Why off. would I lie to you? I don't, well, well several sure, reasons. Sure. Well, I'm sober right now, so I have no reason not to lie. But my point is, I'm going like, to ask my sister. She's got a PhD so, in computer science. I'm going to, I'm going to fact check. Tell her. You can turn that feature off on Facebook. Like, yeah, microphone feature like they have that feature on there. Yeah, so it, it you can turn it off, but they still go like that's why I took Facebook off my uh, off my phone, because if you they'll go to whatever site, they'll basically record whatever sites you're going to even after you log off of them. You can turn that off. You can turn it off by not getting on well, here, Facebook. No, no you, you can turn that feature. Off. But here's here's what I learned, because I, I, I do believe that. Uh -huh. And um, I went to I was I got real paranoid about you know my digital footprint. So a uh -huh. few years ago. I got rid of all my social media uh -huh. and I noticed that, you know, my digital footprint shrunk like 70%. Uh -huh. And I'm like, that's scary and good to know. So in terms of the reach of social media, in terms of, yeah, tracking you when you're on Google and then it's, it's to me, the collection of this data, I get uh -huh. it when you say, Oh, we're not doing anything with it yet. But there, there's there's some use and there's a scary aspect of, you know, the psychology of marketing to people while they're on social media. That's 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 a very vulnerable population. I'm, oh, going, to, yeah. I'm going to look at kittens and people cooking food, but you're collecting collecting all this data and deliberately marketing products toward me to get me to like or continue or return to this Facebook page you know, for hours and hours on end. So, so now Amazon's going to send you coupons for kitty food right. and you're going to get commercials for barbecue. Right. Congratulations. Right. Um, yeah. See, when you took all your stuff off of uh, social media, that explains why the ninjas I paid for to come attack you were like, we can't <laughs> find her, dude. So, right. You know how much money that costs? Look, me? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you, you, you got to make yourself disappear every once in a while. Maybe I shouldn't order my ninjas from Wish. That's a good idea. Yeah, I said. But we'll, we'll be watching the Super Bowl. We'll be watching this. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure if I want to watch the flag football Sunday. Oh, gee. I'm going to give it a shot. I am. Hey, man. Those I'll MTV, watch the dodgeball, definitely. Those MTV producers need that money, man. I'm telling you. Well, you know, it's, it's you know, especially since MTV no longer plays music videos. Yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> you mean Ridiculousness Channel? Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, gentlemen. It's been great this evening. Any final thoughts? Uh, No. Uh, hey, yeah, actually, um, T-Bird, um, get better. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We, we um, enjoyed it. It's my it, birthday but... weekend, and I'm uh -oh. still accepting gifts and uh -oh. money. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, let me get you something. Have a good really? day. <laughs> <laughs> good night, guys. Good night. <laughs>